this episode. Listening to Adam Grant uh, speak with Malcolm Gladwell, uh, and that's BlackBerry. 50% of the market, essentially, it had you know, a hold of an iPhone. He pulled it apart, and it was the first time he just went, oh my God, right? Clear image in his head what this device was all about, and it wasn't going to budge. How do you give Mike Lazaridis a small business? You give him a big business and wait. <laughs> that's, that's a bit rough, isn't it? <laughs> Do you just think, oh, maybe one day it's going to turn around? Is that what he's thinking? Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan, And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. And Sean, you've got a story for us this week? Indeed. Indeed. So uh, I was actually um, listening to Adam Grant uh, speak with Malcolm Gladwell and he was talking about his new book which is called Think Again and it's all about you know just helping people be a little bit more open in their mindset you know to change their minds anyway one of the one of the stories he tells um, was about that uh, company that we all knew and you know it was was such a a darling of uh, the technology space for some time uh, and that's Blackberry uh, of course, they were called Research in Motion. Do you remember that? RIM? No, look, I never I, I never had a BlackBerry. Did you ever have a BlackBerry? No, I didn't have one myself, but, you know, I was very familiar with uh, the BlackBerry. Oh, yeah, I'd yeah. Seen, see them around. The guys in the banking industry just love BlackBerries. So it was, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, they came up with their, they came out with their new, well, not their first BlackBerry in, in like 1999. So, you know, they were around for a while. And in those days, I think they started off as pages, that was the sort of technology, but they quickly, you know, the CEO and, you know, uh, his name was uh, Mike Lazaridis. Lazaridis. Is it Lazaridis? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> and uh, he was, you know, renowned uh, engineer, scientist, you know, did amazing things in terms of, um, you know, sort of an, as an inventor. But when this came out, what he really just wanted the thing to do was to have secure communication, you know, via email. And they set up their own servers and, you know, their whole secure network essentially to be able to, you know, move these messages from A to B, which they did extremely well. And, but the, you know, the, the feature of the device that everyone will remember is the, the physical keyboard that people would use their thumbs to, you know, tap into their, you know, handheld device. And these raised little knobs that, you know, it gave this real tactile uh, experience, right, in sending your emails. And people loved it. I mean, you know, Oprah would gush over the fact that she could not live without her, um, you know, without her BlackBerry. And, and though he was saying that... Um, you know, when Obama, you know, came in as the president in the White House, he walks into security and he says, no, you're not taking the BlackBerry. I have to have oh, They're trying to take it off him. Yeah, they're trying to take <laughs> his BlackBerry away from him. Yeah. And, and so by, the, by 2009, you know, it was sort of at its zenith, 50% um, of the market essentially it had. And every year new phones would come out and, and Lazaridis, you know, it was an inquisitive fellow and he would, he, would, he would get his hands on, on each new phone as it came out and then he would pull it apart and, you know, as the inventory was trying to work out how it worked. And, 
And he was just not impressed with any of it, right? He just looked at it and went, nah, there's nothing, nothing for us to worry about, nothing else for us to worry about. And then in the year that Steve Jobs stood up and released the first iPhone, right? Again, Lazaridis got a, you know, a hold of an iPhone. He pulled it apart. And it was the first time he just went, oh, my God, right? He, in fact, he was so blown away, he couldn't believe, he more or less said, they've got a whole Mac inside this handheld device. So he, he still didn't blanch. He still didn't, he, he had this real clear view in his mind of what the BlackBerry should be, right? And that is it should just send emails. Like he had people putting pressure on him from inside his organisation. Hey, we need a we need a browser. You know, people need to be able to browse the web. No, we're not browsing the web. You know, this is for sending and receiving secure emails. Anyway, in uh, 2009, they had the 50, as I said, 50% uh, market share. In five years, in 2014, they had less than 1% market share. Right. We're going to call that a plummet. He just drove that thing into the ground, just would not change his mind. And even though, you know, everyone else by that stage, Android devices, you know, et cetera, were gone to the, the screen, touch screen type uh, interface, um, yeah, he wouldn't have a bar of it. And anyway, the company plummeted. Now, they're still around in a slightly different guise, I think, but a much smaller version. I don't think he's uh, the CEO anymore. I think they're trying to reinvent themselves. But there you go, Mark. So what happens when you uh, have an idea and you just won't let it let it uh, so he was he was fixated on on keyboard and email and he he you know like he, he ignored things like um, uh, people wanting to watch stuff or browse the yep. uh, surfing yep. he had and... a clear image in his head what this device was all about and wasn't going to budge and as we know, you know, if you're not, see, the thing is, I think there was a lot of customers who kept on coming back saying how much they love that keyboard, right? Mm. And how it was the best thing. And, and he kept on referring to it as an iconic product, right? And it was almost like it was so iconic, he couldn't change it. So anyway, he, uh, he learned the lesson. Um, though Malcolm Gladwell was saying that he has a, an affinity for this product because it's made in the Canadian town that Gladwell's from, right? And to this day, when he goes up to visit his mum, um, he sees Lazaridis, you know, sort of in the sh in the shopping centre or, you know, getting a coffee or whatever. And he reckons he looks like a very happy man. <laughs> and, you know, it was, it was like, you know, it was, you know, the guy obviously moved on, he's doing other things. But... Um, yeah, it was an interesting conversation actually just between Gladwell and, and Grant because you know, Grant was really pushing this idea that, hey, look at all the jobs he lost, you know, all those people who had been let go. But Gladwell was sort of saying, well, in that region, that whole area grew in terms of technology startups because there are all people who were coming out of RIM and starting their own businesses. And uh, he said that it was a, like a renaissance for that region, Ontario region, um, just became somewhere that uh, a lot of tech companies ended up um, starting businesses. So I'm, 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 yeah. I'm interested in, in what some of the psychological uh, behavioural biases that uh, that Adam Grant and 
Gladwell talked about that drove Lazaridis to hang on to that idea in spite of all the evidence to the contrary. Yeah, look, I don't know. I don't know um, exactly what that'd be. I mean, there's clearly some cycle. You know how we talk about in some of our work, you know, that you own what you create. Yep. Um, and, you know, the research around that. Well, I think this is sort of like the negative uh, aspect of that. You create it, you start it, you build it, and someone comes along and says you need to change it. And, you, you know, it's hard. It's hard mm. to have that. Um, yep. openness if you like to change and so the confirmation bias where you 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 just looking for information that that uh, reinforces what you're already believing and you like the incredible capacity we have to ignore evidence compelling evidence that that um works against the thing that the idea we're holding on to that that we own so strongly and oh yeah that's right exactly so um Anyway, that's 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 my kind of like first telling of that story. I just heard it this morning, uh, listening to uh, those two guys uh, chatting away on a clubhouse, um, you know, conversation. And so it just reminds me of, a, of an old joke. Um, so how do you give Mike Lazaridis a small business? Well, you give him a big business and wait. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a bit rough, isn't it? <laughs> In terms of the story, though, like, you know, what, what are the things that, I mean, has it has similarities to other stories we know, don't, doesn't it? You know, it has a very similar pattern. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. And I, I love it for that because the the Codex story, you know, uh, hanging on to onto, uh, uh, film yeah. photography um, in spite of all the evidence to the contrary and no, 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 no. And, yeah, it, it just becomes hackneyed. Um, yes. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, I mean, to some extent, the blockbuster uh, Netflix Versus Netflix uh, uh, activities. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's more ins and outs of that story. That's an that's an interesting one. We'll have to talk mm. at some point as well. Um, the Nokia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know, look at Nokia now. I mean, that that they have an an amazing ability to. Um, you know, sort of morph into something new, right? So yeah, they're, they're that's still totally a very true. big business. Um, but there's a there's a good example of of the ability to to uh, to change direction yes. and adapt. Yeah, that's right. And they did it before it was too late. Yeah, they were smart. Didn't they sell their uh, mobile phone business to Microsoft for some oh, good yeah. cash? For some good cash. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So I think some of the elements in that story, which bring it to life a little bit. You know, is the little vignette about Obama and, you know, the, the quote from, you know, Oprah. I think those sort of things humanise the story a little bit. Um, you know, I, I probably should know, uh, being a bit of an Apple fan myself, uh, I should know when the iPhone was released. But what I year? Yep. But I couldn't remember it uh, as I told the story, so I sort of glossed over that. Um, and, yeah, but I think... And I, I think maybe even painting more of a picture of Mike Lazaridis as, you know, the genius that he is, right? But see, that's the thing. He's probably told he's a genius over and over again, and that probably doesn't help you change for you to change your mind. I don't know. That that could be something that solidifies the way you think as well a little bit. Yep. Yeah. I, look, I, I thought that was good. I, I could have it. I had an image of him 
uh, pulling apart uh, devices and phones and, and looking yes. inside them. Yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, the first iPhone, the iPhone 1, uh, 2008. Ah, right. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, it absolutely devoured his business. Now, in terms of where you'd use it, I guess it's those places where um, you you want to say, hey, guys, just not, let's not get too fixed in our thinking, you know, about our product, how it must be like this, and especially in the face of other things that are going on and having an impact on your business, you know. You need to take those things into account. Uh, be ready to, you know, do that shift uh, and adapt in yeah. some ways. Yeah, and, and now I'm thinking... Uh, the uh, hidden figure story. What's our Fortran as a uh, as an, another parallel? Yes, right, exactly. So be on um, the lookout for the thing that could disrupt you, because this, this is a disruption story. So yeah, he didn't see. Yeah, you know, he no, in fact he did see it coming. It was right in his face. He just chose not to acknowledge it. He just got fixated on what he thought was yep. a winning product. But you'd think yep. every year as his market share disappeared. And he's, you know, we'd have to be laying people off. There'd be substantial ramifications of his decision, right? Do you just think, oh, maybe one day it's going to turn around? Is that what he's thinking? Or I don't know. How does that work? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it'd be fascinating to maybe uh, listen uh, to some interviews or, or read some interviews yeah. and, uh, and, and get some insight into that because there has to be some pressure. There's, Indeed, no, yeah. there's no way there's not uh, you know, not sub substantial pressure. Well, I noticed I had a quick flick through Adam Grant's book and he does make reference to a book that was written in 2015 all about the demise of, of uh, research in motion. So, right. so that would be the thing that would give you all the details. It'd be nice to have a, have a bit of a flick through that, read that. Um, yeah, so I think you'd use it for those situations. Hey, we don't want to do a BlackBerry here, guys. You know, that could be an easy uh, <laughs> byline for anyone who was facing that problem. Yep. The um, so anything uh, else? Anything else yeah, you I'd, need to say about? Yeah, I'm I'm going to just say the story powered strategy project we're doing at the moment with a. Uh, a primary, uh, like a, a huge manufacturing company that uh, is undergoing a digital transformation. That story, because like basically they're going, huh, they're fine. <laughs> sure, there's lots of paper. Sure, yeah, our delivery in full on time is pretty low. But you know what? Our customers kind of happy with that. It's like, yeah. yeah. Um, have, have, a, have a gander at this. Have a listen to this. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to do a BlackBerry, do you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. we've got to make sure we don't do a BlackBerry. It's not a bad little metaphor. I, I'm liking it. Yep. So that's, uh, that, that's going to be very useful. What do you reckon? What would you give it, Mark? Well, I am going to hmm, give it, I'm going to give it a seven. Seven? Yeah. Oh, look, I know I think we try to avoid giving sevens. So I reckon it's, it's a be. solid seven. I reckon it's going to work for me. I'm going to give it an eight. It's a, it's a story I'll tell them for sure. You know. Yeah. And now I want to know more about it, so I'll dig in and learn a little bit more about what actually went on. Yeah, and I, I, I would love for you to share that when you do, because that's, uh, I'm really interested in that process 
that he went to from the moment that he went, oh, sh- sugar, they've got an iPhone, a whole Mac stacked inside that handheld through yeah. to, you know, like, because that, from that moment, he should have been thinking, what do yeah, I we, do next? We might have to change. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure my telling, you know, which is a very, you know, skim the surface telling, right? So it'd be great to just learn more about the ins and outs and, and find out the, you know, how this guy saw the world uh, and what pressures were on him. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a great, uh, a great story to use as the, the key thread in the keynote. Right. Because yeah. there would be lots of twists and turns along the way that you could uh, 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 draw out. Of yes. course, you need to do the research and, 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 and get all that stuff. Well, but... you can't make it up. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, we tend to discourage people from making it up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good. Right, mate. I think that's all, isn't it? Anything else we need to share? Nope. That's, that, that's it for this episode. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And um, yeah, tune in next week for an, another episode of how to put your stories to work. So bye for now. Anecdotally Speaking was engineered by Dave Stokes from author to audio. Mm-hmm.